Hey everyone, we are back for another week of exciting rehearsals. This week we are fully loaded with the Baltimore Ravens band director, an interview with Drumline Live, and the beginning of our celebration of Black History Month with an interview with Western Carolina band director Jack Eady. We will also get to find out what made Trish say. I, I didn't want to register early because I didn't know if we could commit to it. And now it's it might be too late. And, you know, it, oh, it's just things are bugging me. That's bugging me. And why Ashley said. I don't know what exactly I was expecting. I think I was expecting like a recreation of the movie, but it was not that at all. All this and more. So get out on the field and we will see you back on the sidelines for this week's episode of On a Water Break. Off the Met and go. Welcome to On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk everything marching arts. Everyone, bring it in. It's time for a water break. Welcome to another episode of season two of On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk about everything you and your friends are talking about at rehearsal on a water break. I'm Steve McCarrick. No Jackie tonight, but we have quite a packed show for all you guys listening today. It's the start of Black History Month, so our hosts have amazing interviews and panels that they're going to do all throughout the month. But later on in this episode, Trevor interviews Jack Eady, the director of athletic bands at Western Carolina University. Also, Ashley got to interview a performer from Drumline Live. We also have a special guest clinician joining us this week from the Baltimore Ravens marching band, which I am super excited to talk about. I mean, I'm an outspoken Phillies fan, so you guys know that <laughs> I I care about football. Oh, no. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, my season's over, so I got nothing but praise <laughs> for the Ravens. But <laughs> go birds, baby. Let's see who's hanging on the sidelines this week. We've got Trish. Hi, everyone. Hello. Very happy to have you back on here. We've got happy Cindy. to be here. We've got Cindy. Hey, guys. It's good to see y'all again. Yeah, it's good to see you, too. I actually, I think like all the Texas band seems to, that you guys get active a lot earlier than we do up on the East Coast up here. So I yeah, feel like I'm excited to hear. it doesn't get so crazy hear. cold. <laughs> <laughs> Although hey. it has been crazy cold the last few years, so. <laughs> yeah, right. You guys, it's a little. I mean, we go uh, from 110 degrees to maybe a little bit below zero you know and we gotta shake things up a little bit in texas yeah honestly that makes pa not sound that bad at all but <laughs> let's and we've also got ashley here on the sidelines this week how you doing ashley i'm good i'm uh, glad to be back yeah yeah we're glad to have you on here it's been a little bit since uh at least since i've been on the show while you've been here our guest clinician this week has a position that only two people in the world can actually say that they have Dan Fake is the band director for the 130-member NFL Baltimore Ravens marching band. As a member for over 20 years and band director for the last eight, he emphasizes the diversity of its members, ranging from professional musicians just through, through and through diehard Baltimore Ravens fans. So when he's not with the Ravens, Dan teaches students at Spring Grove Middle School, using his experiences to help inspire his uh, students. And the Marching Ravens, formerly the Colts marching band, they have a rich history in Baltimore starting back in 1947. In this sense, they kind of symbolize the resilience and the community spirit that that city kind of really embodies. So we're very happy to have you on the show. Everybody, uh, welcome Dan Fake. Thanks for having me, guys. It's good to be here. Yes. 
Yeah. Hey. Thank you for coming on, man. It's it's really cool to have uh, someone on the show like yourself who, I mean, really, like with the Ravens on the run that they're on right now, really is at the peak of the activity in a sense. Like this is yeah. as legit as it gets. It's really cool yeah. that you're here. Thank but you. let's let's start off our our interview the way we do all of them. We want to hear your 32 count life story, Dan. Are you ready to uh, give it to us in eight bars? I'll do my best. <laughs> cool. All right, here we go. So I'm from York County, Pennsylvania. Um, I actually teach middle school general music and chorus as my day job. Uh, Marching Ravens is a part-time job. Um, that we pretty much year-round at this point. Um, but I started teaching in Baltimore County, been with the Ravens ever since. And so that's kind of the short version of how I got here. Wow, okay. So uh, I think you started with the Ravens band about 20 years ago, right? Um, actually, it's it's almost exactly 20 years. It'd be 20 years in March. Wow, okay. So how initially did you get involved? Maybe what instrument or what were you, were you doing? Right out of college, I started teaching in Baltimore County. I uh, taught at a school, uh, Southwest Academy, and uh, the band director there. Uh, you know, when you first start teaching, you, you got get your foot in the door. We'll start anywhere to get started. And my first teaching job was um, orchestra and chorus. And the band director was a member of the band, uh, Marching Ravens. And we had talked pretty quickly about uh, joining the band. Uh, I'm a saxophone player by heart. That's okay. uh, where all of my college training went was music education and through the band realm, playing saxophone. And so I started with the Marching Ravens playing saxophone as well. Right. Nice. So I think for a lot of people that would be listening, it's actually a surprise to hear that the Baltimore Ravens has a full-sized marching band, kind of like what you're used to in college. Why don't you go through and tell us just a little mm -hmm. bit about the ensemble, maybe the size of it, compare and contrast it to a traditional marching band? If we uh, if we compare it to like a college band, uh, we're, we'd be about the same size as I believe around Duke, kind of like Duke University, um, a big name, but a little bit smaller university band. Uh, mm -hmm. We've got about um, somewhere around 115, 120 marchers this season. We okay. do have a support staff. We've got crew. We have instructional staff. So the full size of the band with everyone involved is somewhere around that 150 to 160 range. Wow. Uh, so it is it is a big band. It's a full size uh, we, traditional marching instruments. We don't have a front ensemble. So everything is on the field. Uh, we also don't have a color guard. Oh, um, I know. Days. I know. <laughs> we 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 used to. Uh, but, uh, you know, business decisions, things get changed and everyone had to be producing sound. And so we are now mm. uh, Music, all, all musician, uh, with the exception mm. of our support and instructional staff. Uh, we got piccolos, flutes, clarinets, saxophones. Uh, we're, I'm excited. We're marching three Barry saxes this year. They're great. I love Barry okay. saxes. Uh, all we right. got some me mellophones, <laughs> trumpets, trombones, baritones, sousaphones, and uh, full drum line. Wow. Yeah. So do you guys do, is it the same show for the length of the season, or do you do different shows week to week? The answer to that is yes. Uh, we have, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we we perform at pregame each game, and sometimes we play at halftime. Um, variety kind of is a little bit more of the tradition in the NFL, whereas college is pretty much you know 
marching band has halftime. But in the NFL, we go for a little bit more variety, especially considering the fact that we are one of the few marching bands that are in the league. Mm-hmm. We have a, a show that we have that's dedicated to Baltimore. Wow. Uh, we have a, it's kind of like a traditional pregame show. We we float the logo down the field. We perform um, the shape up the Lombardi Trophy. Um, we do uh, nice. our B logo, which is touching pretty the money, touching the money. Yep, yep. yep. With that <laughs> Lombardi touching the money, <laughs> and we uh, we end with our fight song. So that that particular show is very visually and musically Baltimore. Uh, the the music that we play there is called Relentless, which was written after our defense, and it's a theme and variations on our fight song. And then we have another piece called Call of the Wild, like the Raven Call, mm-hmm. and uh, a fanfare that starts it off. And then we also do some more traditional halftime style of show that aren't quite as detailed visually or as in-depth visually for the marchers, but it's a little bit more visually appealing to your your football fans where we'll right. make some shapes on the field. Like uh, we did a holiday show for uh, Christmas, New Year's. We did salute to service show for our veterans, um, a Halloween show, and uh, we did a warp to tour show this year. So we had four different halftime style shows and one more traditional pregame show. So the That's pregame, we start back in August, and we're actually performing that uh, at the AOC Championship. And then they, they have nice. uh, halftime style shows. Sometimes they're actually at pregame to create some variety. So we have a little bit of everything. Yeah, that makes sense to me to hear that Like maybe sometimes the halftime show gets shifted around. I'm actually in the Eagles drumline, which is oh, you know, nice. just just a drum line we don't have the whole band yeah but i i'm a little familiar with how in a big nfl event there's there's a lot of hands in the pot and there's a lot of different entertainment performances that are going to happen outside of the football game so it's not what always the, getting the same time yeah. slot week to week and one, one of the things that's driving what we do is those entertainment rankings within the league so right now the ravens are ranked number two entertainment wise and okay. to, to get to that number one, you know, you try and figure out, all right, where, what's, what's going to gain that number one, you know, what, what are we going to do to get there? <laughs> we, we know. That. <laughs> so we know. that's what we're going for. <laughs> I'm thinking of the chiefs and we know, we know what their number one entertainment is at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that name shall not be mentioned in Baltimore this week. No. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, man, go birds. I'm uh... a, <laughs> yeah. Well, do y'all have a special show planned for the Super Bowl or will you just repeat one? If if the uh, we got to get to the win first and hopefully by the time folks hear this, we've got that win. Um, But in the NFL, unfortunately, because they it's it's different than college bands. So in the NFL, the full band would not be able to go um because oh. it's it's everything's kind of run by the league you know mm-hmm. you got your i forget who the halftime show is this usher. year for the super bowl usher. oh yeah so that's all of that's right. already planned out yeah you never know until two weeks before the game if you're going so colleges have about a month or so to get things ready we've got mm-hmm. two weeks so unfortunately we won't be able to does anyone go because i remember when the eagles went to the super bowl a couple lucky people who have been around for a long time got some, yeah. well, special tickets to bring their drum. Gotcha. You know? uh, to be honest, I'm not sure. Um, the, this would, if we can win, if we get this game, you know, this will be the third Super Bowl for the Ravens. <laughs> but the last two uh, band members did not go. Uh, However, uh, we performed in London this past year. Oh, that's and, cool! Uh, a couple years what? before, so, and we had some band members who went there. Both of those trips. 
So I, I, I'd like to tell you I'm, I'm keeping a secret, but I'm really not. I have no idea. <laughs> it's all, it's all hit and miss. I was actually, yeah. I was actually part of the MetLife halftime show, and I can tell oh, you, cool. it's all, it's all pre-planned, it's all scripted and whatever. So what they did was they reached out to mar- marching bands in northern New Jersey, which is where I'm from, because okay. obviously we know how to move around a football field. So it was the Bruno Mars Red Hot Chili Peppers halftime. And we had a couple of rehearsals. We had one at an armory in Morristown. And then we had, we were supposed to have two at MetLife, but they ended up only having one. So when we met at the armory, it was like, you know, like the blocking. Okay. My, my marching band was at like pod nine or whatever. So you're, you're in this pod, you're going to move from here to here. You're going to move. So funny story, um, not to sidetrack or whatever, but um, when we had the rehearsal at MetLife, they told us no phones, no anything, you know, because it was all supposed to be like, it's supposed to look like a big flash mob cheering for Bruno Mars. It's not, mm. it's all rehearsed. It's all scripted. So I didn't bring my phone in. So the night of the actual event, our staging area was at the movie theater in Clifton Commons, which is just a few miles down Route 3 from MetLife. And I locked my, I locked my phone in my glove compartment and I went, to go line up to go into the movie theater. And our music supervisor was, we all went, the band director, a bunch of the kids, me, guard staff, or anybody who want, was able to go went. And we you had to commit to all the rehearsals and everything, you had to sign all the NDAs and everything. So I locked my phone in my glove compartment and I went to the theater and then he says to me, where's your phone? I said, I locked it in my car. And he goes, go get it. And I said, no, I'm not getting my phone taken away. Because the night we rehearsed at MetLife, they were taking phones away left and right. So I said, I'm not getting my phone. He goes, no. He goes, no, just go get your phone. So I'm like, all right. So I run back. I get my phone. I'm like, this better not get taken away from me. So we go in. They put each pod in a theater. They closed the Clifton Commons movie theater for the day. And then they put each pod in a theater. So when the producers came into our pod, they were like, look, we know you all have your phones. Which is the <laughs> only thing we're going to ask is don't post anything until after it happens because it's all supposed to look like a s- spontaneous and a surprise. I mean, right down to the, you know, cheer with your left hand, cheer with your right hand. It was all scripted. It was all... So I was part of the halftime show, but the pregame show was all New Jersey people too. Like some bands were a part of that too, but not doing their show like... Queen Latifah, I think, sang. Um, so South Brunswick High School marched out with her. Like, it was all, you know, so I get it. It's, you know, if you guys don't get to go, it would be a huge bummer, but not a surprise because it's all right. orchestrated by, for us, it was Pepsi. I don't know the Super Bowl, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. We got pretty cool swag. And stuff. It was a, it was an experience. It was so great. It was an, um, just great. So I'm sure the That's, championship game is going to be the same kind of vibe for you guys. I think it's going to be off the charts. Yeah, awesome. I do too. That's that's so yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you guys are going to have quite some energy up there. This something I just remembered, man. With the Eagles drumline, we get a lot of merch. That's something that maybe people don't realize that's with cool. NFL drumlines. Tons of merch is what I've experienced. What's like some of the perks of being in the Baltimore Ravens marching band? Uh, the I think the perks kind of vary from person to person. For some folks, okay. it's, we get to be in the game, and we are seated at field level. Oh, um, that's we're, nice. We're off the side <laughs> of the visitors' bench, 
Um, so we're not on the home side, but we're at field level and probably, uh, I'm not, that's, this is probably not hundred percent accurate, but probably about 15 feet off the sideline. So we're, we're back a little bit. Um, so for fun, some folks, it'd be, you know, I'm right there in the, in the mix. Um, mm-hmm. For other folks, it's just the fact that you can get to the game. As far as like the, the tangible perks, uh, we do have our band gear that we get each year. Uh, we did a, a Blues Brothers show a couple of years ago. And, you know, oh, Blues sorry. Brothers have that I'm with the band kind of saying. So since then, oh. we've had a shirt that says I'm with the band. And it's got the Ravens. Oh, I the love Ravens that. logo on that's it cute. and it's script, which is kind of fun. So we, we've got that each year. And it's like, hey, this is the 2023 I'm with the band shirt. Um, it, some things like that. Um, we've got, they did a giveaway with um, a scarf uh, right around London. And mm-hmm. uh, we got those. So sometimes if they have a giveaway for the stadium, we are able to get it. Not all the time. Yeah, that's awesome, man. We get so much free merch doing the Eagles stuff where it's just like, I feel sometimes like I make more money off of merch than I do off of my employment. Yeah. <laughs> well, most of ours is pretty specific. It's not even available to the general public. A lot of it. That's nice. So it's kind yeah. of memento sort of things. I have to imagine it would be hard maybe to treat you guys the exact same way they treat us because of the numbers difference. Like there's way less people in a drum line than there is in the 160 person marching band. Yeah. But I actually think, you know, just speaking briefly, I'll, I'll hijack for my deceased Philadelphia Eagles. I'll hijack the podcast for a moment. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> I think they put us up in like uh, a lot of the like clothes that they want to push through the pro shop. They'll put them on the drum line and then like parade us through the tailgate lots where we play for a lot of the fans. Because ah. it's it's kind of like advertising. Exactly. It's like <laughs> yeah. all these people in the tailgate lots are going in the stadium. Many of them are going to go to the pro shop. Let's make sure we put the drum line in the new Kelly Green jacket mm-hmm. today. You know? I could see that. So, yeah. It's nice. We, Anybody out there who yeah. is considering it should go for their NFL drum lines or marching bands. But and drum, drum lines are definitely more readily available than marching bands. It, yeah, we've there's a lot of them. now. We've got the uh, commanders have a band. Um, I think the Texans have a, a pep band. I believe the Broncos have a pep band. It's a little bit smaller drum lines. Definitely all over the place. There's not a whole lot of bands per se. Uh, I think there's a few that are out there that we don't realize. Uh, The Sounders, Seattle Sounders um, MLS team has a great band out there, Um, but no, no band for their, for their football game. Yeah. Honestly, I bet in that arena, a band would probably really add to the environment. They have such like a loud and just like kind of hostile home environment. That'd be cool. (laughs) Did you say hostile? Yeah, it, it is. is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Anytime the Eagles go there, they lose. That's because it's hostile. Okay. <laughs> and this is a good thing for the marching band. <laughs> it's good if you like Seattle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not good for anyone else, but <laughs> it's good for the home team. I have a question about the audition process. How how does that work? Like, do you have to prove? Obviously, you have to play an instrument. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. but the marching aspect is that something y'all teach them, or do they need to sort of prove they know how to do it? We 
our we do have a music two levels of music or two levels of audition one of them is the the music piece of it so you got to definitely show that yes you can play your instrument and some of it is prepared and some of it is uh we do have a sight reading piece just to make sure that it's not like hey i learned things one song it's going to be really you know learn things by rote and playing it over and over again or hearing it like i can actually read the music which will make our rehearsals go much more efficient and then the marching piece we have two segments to that one of it is just the basics. Do you understand the basic okay. moving marching? And it doesn't really matter what style you come from. If your style is more of a high step, but we see that you understand the movement, the basic idea of marching, you're going to pass that. Uh, what we're really trying to look for in the marching is those folks who maybe have no idea really what marching is and just like, hey, let me come and, you know, to come to the game because I think this is going to be I'm going to come to a game and that's that. You know, it is yeah. it's a lot. Obviously, we know it's a lot more to marching band than just football games. And then the other piece that we look at is the is drill learning. There's a segment where you get like three dots, drill, three drill positions, okay. and you learn them. And if it looks like you really have no idea where that learning curve is, or learning piece of it is, we know we're going to have to spend a lot more time teaching drill. We need, we're going to have to really break things down early on to get you caught up. And it, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to make the band. You know, if, if you're one person and you're a really strong mar musician and you're a really good basics marcher and just have a really hard time learning, you got two out of three things. You're going to be, you're going to be successful. It's just, we just know upfront it's going to take a little bit that we have to get you to the, uh, learning the drill a little bit faster. Okay. So we, those three things get factored together and they're all done separately by separate people. When you do the drill, the basics, we have two people who judge that and they don't talk to the folks who do the drill learning part of it. So there's, mm -hmm. it's completely separate. You know, okay. that way, if you know, you go in there and you're having a really hard time on your first part of your audition, you just got the nerves and you just can't seem to march right. the You got that through, you, you got the jitters out, you're going to drill learning and you're nailing it. They don't know what happened in the other, in the other room. And okay. then our music is a, a blind music audition. You will the the judges will be facing away from you. You'll have a number, uh, and someone huh. will announce your number. Uh, next audition number three o two, and that's all the judges will hear until you play. That way, they're focused one hundred percent on what they're hearing, listening to the musicality, listening to intonation, making sure that uh, in that case uh, we we've been using section leaders. They would be part of the audition process, and then. By facing away, I'm not going to inflate scores for my friends or right. deflate because I've had some different experiences. Okay. You know, it's, we're trying to wow. keep it as as yeah. 100% about that performance as we can. Yeah, it's very objective. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's like that's, a, that's, that's the goal. Cool. Yeah. I like that. It's very professional you, too. That's our goal, yeah. It can, um, depending on when you show up to the audition day, it can be a very long day. So we're we're still trying to tweak some things. We have some flaws in the, the system that we have to iron out. Uh, that they one year we started at like eight o'clock in the morning, and the last person wasn't done until six o'clock at night. We're like, that's way too long. That's, yeah. that's really yeah. too much. So we spread it out some, but then we got a backlog, and uh, we had one group start at nine, the next group was at noon, but things didn't happen as fast as we thought, and then there was a backlog at the noon group which pushed the three o'clock route back and people got frustrated because, man, you told me to be here at noon. I didn't even start auditioning until two. Fair enough. You know, we got, yeah. so we get, we do have some flaws. We try and figure them out, but the, the goal is to be 
as objective as we can to get the best ensemble out there that we can. I was reading somewhere that you have a, a father and a son mm-hmm. that are in the band. It, so it, there's no age limit, I guess. The only limit um, for age is you have to be 18 or older. Okay. Yep. So That's as long so as you're cool. 18 by, the, I think it's by the start of the season, by the start of the marching season, which for us is in May. Okay. Um, sometimes I, I can't remember. I, I think they, they relax that a little bit. I mean, it's not much difference because the audition happens at the beginning of April. You have to be 18 by the time rehearsal starts. It's it's only a month difference there, so it doesn't really impact a whole lot of folks. Um, then as far as the upper end, as long as you can march the shows, as long mm-hmm. as you can mar- you know do the music, that's the part that matters the most. So yeah, we do. Have, it's kind of cool. We have a father-son. Yeah. Uh, the son just graduated from Penn State, and dad said, hey, you know, I wow. wanted to be able Let's to I wanted to do, <laughs> be able to perform with my son. And he's like, yeah. this is a great opportunity. So they came out and auditioned this year, and it's wonderful to have them with us. Great guys. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Really cool. That's yeah, really it's cool. not too common a, that like that can even happen. Yeah, I have a couple of friends that are in the marching band with the Ravens. They're all from University of Delaware. Oh, so, yeah. Like, one of the drum majors, a trumpet player, a mellophone. We've so, got a ton of Delaware folks. It. I love it. Yeah, we got a ton of Delaware folks. It's a good group. Obviously, we know Delaware folks know marching band, and so it it's neat to have a a large alumni contingency come and join us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As you look back, you've been there for 20 years now. Mm -hmm. Is there maybe a most memorable moment that you, uh, something that stands out as just a great time with the Ravens organization or what do you think? There's a couple of moments that really stick out. Uh, To try and pick one is a little bit tough, but there's one, the first significant memorable moment that I had. uh, Ray Lewis is, probably our most recent, like, you know, big, big player. He yeah. rallied Baltimore. He was huge de- in the defense. He got us to a Super Bowl. I mean, Ray Lewis was our guy. He was our premier player. He was our, our superstar. And uh, when he went to the Hall of Fame, we the band was able to go to Canton and oh, play in the wow. parade. So this was the first time that in in my time with the band, we were actually able to, you know, we had an away trip because everything is home games. You don't do away games in the NFL. So we never go anywhere. We had done Macy's in 2007, but to go to Canton is an overnight trip. First time that we had done that since we became the Baltimore Ravens. And Ray Lewis's signature song is Hot in Here. We played Hot in Here and mashed it up with Hall of Fame and put the two of those songs together. And it, to see his facial reaction when he realized that we were playing his song as you come into the parade was pretty awesome. Because bands come in one street, the players come in another street, and then the the folks who separate the players and the bands, um, kind of like the floats, the cars, they came in from a different street. So we were facing Ray Lewis, and we said, if we see him before we step on this parade route, parade route we're playing the song. We don't care what they say, we're playing the song. So we <laughs> did, and he was just sitting there, he's waving at people, and all of a sudden he has that realization, wait, wait a minute, I, I know that song. And then you know, oh, to I get that, that nod from him was was awesome, just because it it's a signature song. That was his movie. Mm-hmm. Every time he yeah. came out of the tunnel, that song happened, and he did that dance. <laughs> yeah. Nah, yeah. That's super cool, man. That's, that's a sad. cool story. All right. Well, let's get to our gush and goes for the week. Uh, Trish, you want to get us started with uh, your gush for the week? Sure. 
What do I want to gush about? There's so much going on. Well, my Winter Garden has their first competition on Saturday at West Orange High School. I guess that's a good thing. I'm a Catholic school (laughs) educator, so next week is Catholic Schools Week, and we're going to have a bunch of fun at school, a whole bunch of, like, you know, student faculty volleyball games and all kinds of fun stuff. So that'll be, hopefully, will be a fun week. So, you know, everything's all good over here in, in New Jersey, except for the Giants, of course. And I'm a Giants fan, well, but even worse uh, than that is the Jets. So, you know. Well, that's never going to be good for you. So we'll move on. What? Ashley, what do you want to gush and go on about this week? What? Well, the Ravens are my home team, so they're in the AFC Championship this weekend. So that's pretty awesome. Go birds. My indoor color guard, this is the first year that they're doing it. So our first competition is in, I think, a few weeks. So we're still getting the show together and putting it all together. And I'm just excited to see it. Nice. Yeah. yeah all at the I, same time. What circuit are you competing in? TIA. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, my my kids are much around the same spot. That's actually probably my gush and go for the week is just like really enjoying this time of year because this is where like real serious work gets done. Like, mm-hmm. like fundamentally, my students are really improving right now. And as you get closer to the end of the year, they're just getting better at their show. I mean, they're still getting better, but you know what I'm saying? There's a lot yeah. of like really good, good groundwork that gets laid right around now. So it's fun. My kids are working hard. It's cool. Cindy, what do you want to gush and go on about? Well, of course, I'm a Houston Texans fan, but we we won't talk about that. Although one of, <laughs> I thought a great moment was when the Texans won in the Colts stadium. And I was like, Texas burns down Lucas Oil Stadium again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm the only one in here who didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> Last year. But, my actual gush and go is is in Texas. the The winter guard season also really gets started this weekend, which kind of amazes me. Like these kids really haven't been working on their show that long, and to think that we're already throwing them into competition. But uh, in Texas, the Texas Color Guard Circuit (TCGC) is getting started this weekend, and it's it's percussion, it's winds, and it's guard. And in Texas, you know, we don't have a lot of winds and percussion going on in the winter, so that's something I'm excited huh. to see more of. And I really hope that it will take off more because Texas really needs a presence in the winds and the percussion. I feel like because we've got the guard thing going on, but I love seeing the growth in the other areas too. I hear you, but I already struggle enough to beat the California groups. I don't need Texas to like rise up to that level <laughs> too. So, it's not going to be good for us over here at United if Texas is as good as it should be at percussion. <laughs> All right. Dan, do you have anything you'd want to gush and go on about in just anything in your life uh, that you think would be fun to talk? Well, hearing you guys talk about your students, I, I, I mean, I didn't know what I, you know, what backgrounds were because I just got some info today. So hearing about the students, I'm, I'm going to go that route. Mm-hmm. As you heard, you know, I teach chorus. Uh, we've got a festival coming up next week and I've got 12 kids who are doing this thing. And I was like, you know what? 
here's the deal. I'm not teaching this music. You need to, here's some practice tracks. You need to learn it. And so seeing them go from the, I have to do what to, oh yeah, this song, I know this is really easy. You know, where mm -hmm. they're kind of coming into their own and realizing I can do this by myself and I don't need to have an adult show me how to do it. Yeah. I, yeah. I love those moments. Those are kind of fun. You know, they, we, yeah. we talk about them happening all the time in marching bands, but it happens in every ensemble, orchestra, chorus, band, jazz band. It's, I just like that part of the year where they start to mature and figure out who they are and how to do what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's like great. you're giving them the tools yeah. and then they can yeah. go and do as they please with those tools. That's cool. That's kind of the best thing I feel like we can do as educators. Yeah. But cool. All right, everyone, let's head out there so we can get these stand tunes ready for, uh, you know, this upcoming AFC championship game on Sunday. But we will be back with the news after Trevor talks to Western Carolina University band director Jack Eady. Hey, this is Christine Ream and Chris Green. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Our consignment inventory has plenty of great looks for your color guard, drumline, and marching band. Pay it forward. When you purchase consignment, you help other programs. Last year, we sold over 400 sets of consignments and returned over $125,000 in payments to our consigners for their sales. Additionally, Guard Closet offers custom and pre-designed costumes, flags, floors, and formal wear, full or partial show writing, educational programming, and other services. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. The Guard Closet team is here to help you get everything you want and need for your season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media. Hello, this is Trevor Bailey, and welcome to On A Water Break. It's February, so you know what that means. We are celebrating Black History Month on our podcast. It's an honor to be joined here by my colleague and my friend, Dr. Jack A. Eady Jr., Director of Athletic Bands at Western Carolina University. Hello, Jack. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me here. Hey, it's a joy having you on our podcast. Uh, Jack, one thing that we do with our newer guests is we kick it off with a 32-count life story, my friend. So what will happen, we'll set a metronome. You'll get eight counts in your end. And for 32 counts of the metronome, roughly, you will give us your background and your life story. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Eight counts in your end. Here we go. I'm from the big metropolis of Orangeburg, South Carolina. I am the son of an elementary educator and a band director. Um, education and band was always going to be a part of my life, and I've been just blessed to have great people and great teachers and mentors alike. I've had band directors in my early stage that taught me that no matter who walks through the door, that you can teach them to be the best version of themselves, and I strive to do that each and every day. 
I come from an interesting situation. I went to an all-black high school, and nice. we're a core-style band. Um, you don't see that pretty often, but yeah. we're really, really good, and we used to kick butt in the state of South Carolina. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Um, but my band director, who's really uh, one of my biggest inspirations in life, he pushed me to go to Florida State. Um, and they're one of the best experiences of my life. Go nose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. But, but seriously, um, and there at Florida State, I, I learned how, how to be an, an adult like we all do in college. And I had people who kind of took me by the wing and said, you're not going to fail and we're going to push you forward. And I kind of, kind of do, and I kind of do the same thing with my students. From there, um, I had the opportunity to teach at Title I schools in Orlando, Florida. We didn't have a lot, but we were able to do some really, really great things, be super, super successful. And I'm super proud that every kid that graduated under me got some kind of scholarship to go to college, which is awesome. So, and that taught me just to work with anyone and that no matter anyone's situation, that they can be successful, that they can have, uh, they can be super, super amazing musicians and whatnot. Uh, from there, um, I decided to start my life over and I went back to grad school okay. and, I, and I, I have a master's from the University of Georgia, go dogs. And my doctor's from the University of North Texas, call, go being green. Um, <laughs> and there I was able to work with some super high level ensembles. And uh, and it's, it was just it was just great to be in the presence of just amazing professionals, amazing musicians that push you um, to be the best version of yourself. From there, I've, I've had the opportunity to teach at University of South Carolina, Manique State University, and now Western Carolina where um, we were able to do some amazing things um, in, in this truly, truly special program. And I couldn't do any of this without my amazing family, my wife, who I call my queen, because she is, and my princess, who's my oldest daughter, and my angel, who's my youngest daughter. That is an awesome life story. That was a great 32 counts. It's getting it 32 counts. <laughs> That's what happens when you're awesome. You have a lot to talk about, and it's, it's very nice to kind of get your bad story, uh, Jack. Um, I'll kick it off with the first question um, uh, for our Black History Month podcast. Um, so we want to know, uh, uh, what was your experience like as a, as a Black performer in the marching arts? Can you kind of break that down for us? Well, it was interesting. Like I said earlier, um, I went to an all-Black high school who was coursed out um, a lot of times. Um, if you're at an all-Black high school's traditional style, um, marching band, and we 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 weren't, um, and so we we competed, and so it's already a different situation, you know, seeing um, this all black band go to a traditional core style competition, and um, my high school band director would have us dress up like shirt and tie um, to every competition. People just stare at us, um, and it was kind of unbelievable to see. That this school, you know, how well you you listening may not know, but people, you know, look at you a certain way because they don't think you fit the mold of what should be. Absolutely. Yeah. And we would go there and we would be some of the, the one of the best marching bands there um, and really, really proved um, that you can't judge a book by its cover. And then from there, I go to Florida State, which is the total opposite. Which you know you become the 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 one um, black person in 
in in the mix. And so, um, what was that experience like going from uh, many where you felt like there was a collective to maybe now there's a sense of like isolation? Was that some ner- was that some nervousness? Were were you hesitant about uh, going to Florida State, or were you like kind of gun and ready to prove yourself? Well, for me, I was gung ho. I was ready to get out of South Carolina. I wasn't staying in South Carolina, and I told I told my mom once I'm leaving, I'm not coming back. And <laughs> was it because the barbecue didn't taste right? Oh no, there's nothing like South Carolina barbecue. Okay, okay, all right, all right. Go ahead. <laughs> so you so you're in Florida State. You're gung ho about it. All right. So you get there. What 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 what's that experience like? And so just like well, just like a lot of uh, a lot of these experiences. You you learn how to deal with it. You learn how to like. You see one, uh, you see another black person like, oh, we're together, and you know we kind of come come together. But it, it's it's not like like I, I was lucky. Like many of our, our marching arts experiences, we go into uh, we go into places that we consider safe spaces where people may become our families, and we come and we love 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 each other. Um, it was different to be in a different culture and an experience like, you know, we would play uh, insert 80s rock tune, <laughs> insert, you know, 70s uh, rock tune. And everyone knew all the words. And I'm just like, um, I don't know this tune. Yeah, <laughs> this arrangement is amazing. <laughs> um, and so dealing with it. But like, you know, fast forward 20 years, it's, it's so cool to see. Everyone's playing music that everyone knows uh, now, which makes which makes it super special. Good, thank you, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Uh, we're going to kind of move on to like a lighthearted question before we push on to like the more serious questions. So here we go. So we ask all our new guests this month. All right, if you were a part of a marching band show, which part of the marching band show would you be, and why? All right, I got two answers. All right, two, 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 two right. We're ready. Um, when, when you first meet me, I think I'm the opening hit. Like I'm in your face. Uh, I, I, I want to, I want to peel, uh, peel the paint off the wall. Like I, I want to really get to, get to know you. I'm, I'm really, um, open, uh, with you. And so I, you're all about like first impressions. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, but as you get to, as we get to know each other, I consider myself, um, the soft part of the show, like the, the part where you can just take a breath and enjoy it because I also want to be that that person who who you can rely on, who you know that you there's comfort in in me being in your life. Oh, I love that. That's a great two-part answer, Jack. Um, the next question, just kind of going back, um, how has your experiences like as a performer, we talked about your performer at the Predominantly black uh, high uh, high school. Um, your your experience as a performer for the state. Can you talk about how that um, has kind of like prepared you or shaped you uh, to be uh, the director of like a of like these prominent marching ensembles? Whether that's Matt State or you uh, you know serving as a graduate assistant at some big SEC band or now being the director of athletic bands at Western Carolina University, how did your experience as a performer shape you as a director? Well, myself, and I'm, I'm sure many, many black people, we're, we're told from, from early age that, you know, you want to make sure you're twice as good um, as anyone because one, you're representing more than yourself. 
and it's kind of something a, a mantra that we all we all live live with. And so, uh, in in today's day, or just in this profession, I want to be the best version of any any band director. Like I want I want to be a, a great musician. I want to be one that we have innovative shows, one that one that people, you know, can look on and rely on um rely on us. Um but at the same time I I have this little person in the back of my head that's like, you know, you you want to make sure we are doing the great thing for us. I hope I'm answering the question. No, you you uh, you know you're doing a really good job. I, I think that um you know, sometimes, you know, um, we we carry maybe this kind of like invisible burden a little bit of, you know, making sure that, you know, we are um, high achievers, that we really kind of uh, are really these excellent musicians, these excellent teachers, while continuing to be excellent learners. So when we get these more like prominent jobs of like these high profile positions, uh, we want to make sure that we're doing right um, and by the profession to, to make sure that um, maybe people behind us will also have those opportunities that, you know, we don't want to screw it up. Because like you said, we feel like we have to be kind of twice as good as the normal person to get maybe half the credit. So uh, I definitely understand, like, where you're coming from with that. And the the other part is, it's like, so I am the first um african-american music professor in in western carolina school of music and i'm not you know this had this has happened all over this happened more and more nowadays and so we want to make sure that we represent and we we are we are doing doing right i think the other the other other side of the token is is like i want to be successful for me i want to be successful for for my students, the ones who look like me and the ones who don't look like me, and I, I think you know I've, I've been blessed with some amazing experiences, and like I wouldn't be who I, who I am. Like I taught at Oak Ridge High School, Title One underserved population, and I wouldn't be the person I am now without without that experience. Yeah, that's thank you, thank you for that. Speaking of being the person. You are. The next question, you know, we kind of transitions uh, quite nicely. So I'll, so I'll ask you, how have your mentors shaped you? Who are those people? What have they done for you? Can you kind of like give them a shout out, too? Because I'm pretty sure that they're incredibly proud of you and the work that you're doing. Well, I have always been a person that has um, had people in my life that refuse to uh, let me fail and and guide me in in the right direction from my high school band director who who encouraged me to go to Florida State who is that who's his, that give that high school band director shout out his name is Dwight McMillan all right Dwight McMillan thank you for Jack uh, Jack Eddie we appreciate you <laughs> but no he you know he was very very tough and he demanded he demanded everyone be um the best version of, of, of themselves and so no matter what, no matter what was going on, um, like I, I can still remember, you know, we didn't have lights on our field and practice was supposed to get out at six and it was 645 and the parents weren't complaining. They just 
pull their car up to the field and sh shine the lights on the field so we could keep practicing. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it, that, that was just so cool. And then when I started teaching, I had, you know, mentors that would just pull me aside, not pull me aside. They'd say, no, we're going to lunch, we're going to dinner, or no, that sucks, or no. Like I, I give a big shout out to Ber Bernard Hendricks, Bernie Hendricks, uh, Bruce Green, um, and they really, I don't know if they saw something to me or they just, they just wanted to make sure I was going to be successful. I knew what was going on. I knew, um, well, that wasn't right. And they knew, you know, I was that little dorky band director. I kept, <laughs> I kept a little pocket-sized notebook in, 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 my, um, in my pocket. Anytime I thought of a question, I'd write it down so I could, so I could ask, ask those people. Um, and so it's cool to have those people that that they see something in you and they make sure um, you have the tools to success. And even even to this day, you know, I, I, I rely on, on all, all of my major major professors. Um, shout out to Nick Williams, um, who, you know, he he really after lots of annoying. Uh, <laughs> no, he, he really, you know, saw something in it and allowed me to thrive. And he continues to push me and he continues to encourage me well beyond what I think I could or should do. And then the, the, the last part is my text group. Okay. Like we're all, we all got into this, into this together and we can ask each other questions. We can, we share clips of, of our, of our, each other's groups. Uh, we say, no, that sucks. And no, you shouldn't do that. We give, <laughs> we give advice to each other in, in a real, real way. And I want to encourage everyone, like you check who's in your text group. Like, is your text group uh, one that's going to hold you accountable or one that, that's just going to like say, no, you're great. And you, you want you want the text group that's going to hold you accountable. No, your band can't play that music or your that that part that that song should never be in your marching show. You know, that 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 kind of yeah, and I also think that those type of um, uh, groups could be valuable when they give you that praise. Like, oh, yes, absolutely, you should do that research topic. Or, my gosh, like that sounds amazing. Bravo on your, you know, when ensemble concert. You know, that was a great live stream. So I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a great balance there. That you know, you know, when the praise comes, it's legitimate because there's a high level of vulnerability and and um, transparency and, and honesty. Like within no support system. And it's really great to hear um, that you have that. And, and as like, as you said, like we encourage everyone um, that's listening to a podcast to get those type of support systems around you. It's only going to build a, 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 a positive atmosphere. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll move on. So like you talked about like your mentors and how they shape you. Like, so how do you, uh, how do you give back? Like the importance of giving back to the profession, to um, other, you know, uh, conductors of color or educators of colors, um, African-American uh, band directors, students. Um, can you talk to us about that? Yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I've had so many people who were instrumental in my career, and it's because they took the initiative to come to me and they made sure I was going to be I was going to be successful regardless. And so I, I believe it's my job to do the same thing. And so I, I think we in this music world, we we work hard, we practice our instruments, we we do it, we learn our craft, and then we get to a point to where 
we then become the experts. And I know it's kind of hard to say say that like, yeah. out, out loud. Um, but then we have all like we have all the information that we didn't when we we're first year, second year, third year, fifth year teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, you know, we, we want to share the information. So I, I've kind of created some avenues uh, for young, young teachers, young old teachers so that we can ask questions. We can learn from each other um, because I think, you know, we're in in this profession where it's all about giving giving of yourself to the students. And we want to make sure we're given all the information, all the resources. And sometimes when you're young in the profession, you don't know what you need to ask. You're just going, you're just going in blind and doing the thing. And so these, hopefully these resources will be helpful for, for teachers um, so that they can be better, be better um, directors and continue to grow in their profession. Hey, you know I gotta ask you for a shout out of some of those platforms you're 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 talking about because some somebody may be listening and may want to join or be or, or feel like you know oh I want to be a part of something like that. So could you could you let the the listeners know like what type of things you can maybe help provide to like those those next generation of, of teachers and where where you guys meet when you typically meet in the in the school year that kind of thing. Uh, we host. Uh, well, I, I, um, host this thing called Listen Up. Um, it's started off as a score study group and it's primarily a score study group, but it's more of an all, all encompassing um, group. And we have band directors, young and old, um, and from all walks of life, from middle school to college um, there. And we meet Sundays starting in the early spring all the way through the summer. We give the marching season off because it's a little busy. Uh, <laughs> just a little bit. Just just a little bit busy. Um, but it's called Listen Up, and we have a Facebook group, and we Zoom on Sundays at 7 Eastern. And um, it's just an opportunity. Like, it's a, it's a community that we, we come together, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a consistent 12 people that come. And so, you know, each Sunday... It's more that, that join in, but we, we have this idea like, you know, we have someone present on something, whether it be a score, whether it be a topic. Um, and then we just ask questions like, what's wrong? What's going on? What, what do you, what do you want to know? What do you need to know? That kind of thing. So, so that we can all like learn and grow. And, you know, a lot of times you don't know the questions you need to ask. And so if someone asks a question like, oh, that's me too. And then yeah. you, can, you can learn and take something from it. That's awesome. And listen up sounds like a really great opportunity uh, for students, uh, students, uh, both uh, students, uh, band directors, both young and old from all this different walks of life to kind of join in and, and, and have another resource. So uh, check out Listen Up um, on Facebook. They have their own group uh, led by Dr. Jack Eady. Um, one last question as we as we wrap up with, uh, with you here, Jack. Um kind of looking towards the future. Um, what do you want to see in the next generation of African-American performers and d- directors? Like, what, is, what does that look like in your perfect world of, uh, uh, of, of Dr. Edie? Whew, that's a question. That's a question. That's a question and a half right there. Yeah. Um, first, I want everyone to be comfortable in their skin of them them being themselves and everyone's version of themselves is different. And so you being comfortable being you, because I think we become 
the best teachers when we are our authentic selves. And a lot of times we we give the fake version of ourselves mm-hmm. to the students because we don't think we can do that. We can act that way. Um, but then when you realize when you when you're just you, the realness comes out. They see you. They can they can relate to to that. Um, and then then this becomes a better experience. The other part is we in the marching arts world sometimes we forget that music and musicianship is a part of this thing, and so we have to really focus on being good musicians. Um, at all time, in all aspects, and all facets of the group. And then lastly, I got, well, I also am enjoying seeing the fact that um, we're seeing more genres of music um, mm. being played. Absolutely. And I, I, I take it as, like, it's not just, like, the band directors playing the music that they like. It's it's people playing music that reaches everyone. Um, and that's important not nowadays, especially if, you know, us as marching, marching ups want to survive, but we can't just, we can't just play the hey song over and over, you know, over and over. We have to play, <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we, we have to play um, music that's going to reach, reach um, the masses, right? The, the, the masses. And that's, that becomes important. And then lastly, I just want to see us continue to thrive and continue um, to be the leaders that I know we are, and that's 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 a great uh, that's a, that's a great breakdown of you know the the type of future that we all hope to see. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us um, here uh, at On a Water Break, um, celebrating Black History Month uh, with a prominent African American. Uh, a black director, uh, Dr. Jack A. Edie Jr., director of athletic bands here at Western Carolina University. My friend, thank you so much. Definitely appreciate you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. Thank you. I'm Lexi Duda, and I'm the host of On a Water Break in Rhinestones. I've grown up a competitive baton twirler, winning numerous world titles, and now I'm a coach. I want to bring to you stories from twirlers from all over. So grab a water break, listen in, because you won't want to miss some of these incredible experiences these twirlers have had. All of this coming up and more on On a Water Break in Rhinestones. All throughout February, our hosts will be bringing stories and conversations surrounding Black History Month. Stay tuned all month long for some amazing content. We've been talking about Drumline Live, actually, for a few weeks now, too, and Ashley got a chance to see it live. Ashley, tell us all about it. Yeah, so I actually had gotten the tickets for it for me and my dad to go for Christmas. And he, so my dad originally got tickets in 2020 like before covid and then you know it got canceled so we got to go now and Mm -hmm. it was 
I don't know what exactly I was expecting. I think I was expecting like a recreation of the movie, but it was oh. not that at all. It it was like more of like an exhibition kind of thing. Like they started with like more of a tribal setting, like with like African style music and then mm-hmm. moved throughout like the history of like the impact of um black people with the music and and like how that's impacted all of the different styles of music and and then traveled throughout like to uh the marching band side of it so yeah that's it was really really interesting and i the area that i'm from isn't particularly diverse so i don't i personally haven't had a lot of um, experience seeing HBCU bands like there's Dell State that comes to University of Delaware every so often mm-hmm. but I've seen them a couple times and then I saw Morgan State actually last year for the first time so that was like the first I feel like real experience that I've had you know in the pouring yeah. rain <laughs> last year so but it was it was amazing. I just like they're so energetic and the energy like from the mm-hmm. audience members and, and we were in the front row. So they were oh, like nice. looking at us and pointing at us and they actually got someone to go up on stage and like sing and dance with them. So it was interactive with the audience, too. It was really wow. awesome. That is cool. Fun. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You were talking about like uh, HBCU not being too familiar with it until very recently. It's been kind of like catapulting in its growth within like yeah. the last year or two, the, the whole entire like show band activity to the point where like now it's it's honestly pretty much definitely bigger than drum corps. It's it's like, yeah, doing televised competitions in Mercedes-Benz Stadium and stuff. It's like it's really grown to be a whole activity of itself that's becoming pretty prominent. It's pretty cool. So we've got an interview here with, I believe, Ashley, was that a performer from uh, yes, Drumline Live? Yes, it was Live? one of the um, Drumline members, I believe. His name is D'Angelo. He talks about like where they're all from and, and what the experience is like. I had no idea that it was like a... Like they have a different cast every single year and it's kind of like a different show every single year. Mm-hmm. So it it was just a lot different than what I was expecting, but in a really awesome way. Yeah, it's funny. It's like it's a lot different than what you're expecting, but in some senses it also sounds like it mirrors the way traditional band works where it's like you have a there's a season a length of a season that involves preparing a performance doing a bunch of shows that thing wrapping up and getting on to the next year at the end yeah so i always think it's kind of cool now seeing like some of the more like independent professional stuff that's out there like offsprings of the marching arts almost so let's check this out let's see how uh what it was like talking to him. Hi everyone, this is Ashley 
with um, on a water break. I have D'Angelo here from on a from Drumline Live. Hi, D'Angelo. How was your show tonight? Hey, how you doing? It was amazing. Baltimore show, mad love, and we did the same. And where are you from? Atlanta, Georgia, originally. So are a lot of the different cast members from all over the place, or yes. uh, we are from the west coast all the way to the the west. The west goes all the way to the east. Excuse me. Well, it was a really amazing show tonight. Um, have you uh, had any other kind of experiences like this, like marching band, drum corps, anything like that? Well, uh, I'm a graduate of Allen University, uh, a product of Atlanta Public Schools, South Atlanta High School. Uh, Drumline Live is one of the greatest shows on stage to ever touch a theater. And it's nothing like this on the earth. There's nothing like this that showcases the HBCU culture in the way that we do. And if you wasn't here, you missed it. Yeah, I agree. It was a really, really great show. It was my one of the first times I've actually seen HBCU, actually. I um, went to the Collegiate Marching Band Festival in Pennsylvania and saw, I saw Morgan State for the first time last year, even though I've been in the marching arts for pretty much my whole life. So it's been really awesome to see um, what you guys could do. Yes, indeed. It is always a blessing for us to showcase our talent to people who haven't seen it. We know up north and, and sometimes in the Midwest and on the West Coast, the HBCU culture is not as uh, present as it is on the East Coast. So we love to share our talent, share our culture and values with the other side of the world. Cool. All right. And where can we find your social media, like for Drumline or yourself? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at CTDC3XJUNE. You can follow us on all platforms at Drumline Live ENT. Again, at Drumline Live ENT. All right, thank you so much, D'Angelo. Thank you, it was a pleasure. Okay, everyone, we are starting a new segment this week where we go off against something that is bugging us in the marching arts world. We are calling it hydrate this so (laughs) (laughs) let's start let's start with trish trish did you say you had something prepared what bothers you this week (laughs) okay so (laughs) ashley was mentioning tia before ashley are your kids going to wildwood we're not just because it's the first year and we it's a little okay it is so here's the tea so (laughs) i in addition to my high school in addition to my high school guard, I also have an independent guard that's kind of an offshoot of the high school guard. Okay, so one of my friends who's been helping me the last couple of years, who I worked with many years ago when we used to go to Wildwood, every year Wildwood rolls around, it's like, take him to Wildwood, take him to Wildwood. It's the best weekend, like they'll get, this is the best, this is only the second year of the program. So this will be the best <laughs> way to jump it off. Like the kids will get hooked, you know, whatever. Remember all the years we went, went bonding and it was so great, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I kept saying, I, I, I don't like, yeah, great idea. And actually it works out really well because It's so, you know, the obvious answer always is, oh, but it makes the season so long. But it actually works out for us because it gives us that time to focus on the high school team. The high school team will be done at main championships. And then we can backload some of the shows, the four shows for Wildwood to the end. And so it all works out. But I just kept saying, I I don't know if we're going to have the money. I don't know if we're going to have the money. So finally, I had a come to Jesus moment with the kids last Saturday. And I said, look. Are we doing this? Are we going to be able to raise the money? 
well, we all want to go. I said, well, you, you got to start. Like I gave them a fundraiser. You got to start. So I put the guards Venmo. We're doing that calendar thing. I put the guard Venmo on the calendar and all week my phone's been blowing up. So-and-so fundraiser. So -so. I was like, okay. So I tried to (laughs) register for Wildwood. The Wildwood registration was supposed to close February 1st. It is closed already. Oh yeah. I did see that. And I thought it was supposed to be longer. They said they, so they, had, so they they said they're at capacity. So I reached out to our region coordinator and I said, well, what can we do? You know, and he's like, I don't know, just get on the waiting list. So we're fourth on the waiting list. So like, it's so rocking a hard place for me because, you know, here it is, you know, I pushed the kids into raising this money because yeah. I, I didn't want to register mm-hmm. early because I didn't know if we could commit to it. And now it's, yeah. it might be too late and, you know, oh, it's just, Things are bugging me. That's bugging me. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that, you know, the way they explained it to me is, is that, you know, three people have to not come up with the money by the designated date and then, which could happen Mm -hmm. and we could get in. So I have people, you know, reaching out to me, what can we do? Blah, blah, blah. But, oh, I finally got the kids to commit. Now we don't, you know, now we're on the waiting list. So. That's that's I bugging didn't me. Know there week. was a capacity for it. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, that's I crazy. Haven't, I haven't brought a team to Wildwood in, in many years, but I I guess I don't know. <laughs> I guess I've been to so, there probably like ten times, but I have actually never competed because I was really young. Yeah, well, like my parents brought groups there, but I was always like way too young to to right. do it. So I've been plenty, right. but never performed <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> Might be us to say both this year. Who knows? But keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> be keep your fingers crossed. Send good vibes, and maybe it'll all work out. Yeah, you have to do some uh, some robbery. I think you should steal the funds from other ensembles because then they can't go. You'd move up on the list. You'd also have the funds to go. Oh, well, one of my one friends spoon. commented on my Facebook. Well, one of my friends comment. Somebody I know commented on my Facebook post about it. He's a judge. And he's like, oh, I'm so excited you're going to be bringing them. You know, I can't wait to judge them. I said, at this point, I might be sneaking them in on a break, so don't go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Sneaking in the whole floor. (laughs) Yeah, no one will know. (laughs) We will now take a 10-minute break, and here comes Envy, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Ashley, what's been bugging you? I, well, it's not really, it's kind of like within my own community i think so it sort of has to do with the marching arts so i'm gonna slip it in here for some some for some publicity so our county is like struggling with funding right now like the the board of education has their request for funds and our county executive has given us the legally minimum required amount of funds instead of raising it to what the board of education thinks we need so there's like a bunch of programs that are, could potentially be cut, like all county band, all county strings, oh, all county oh. chorus. Oh. It says after school activities. So I have no idea what that means. I don't know if that's marching band. I don't know what that Jeez. is. There's like a bunch of teacher positions that could be cut. It's like a whole. Oh yeah, crap that show. seems really wow. helpful to <laughs> education. 
Yeah. Just get rid of the teachers. It'll help yeah. the bottom line. Yeah. Who needs yeah. them? Yeah, right. Fine. You don't need teachers. They are like getting rid of librarians. And oh my goodness, it is absolute madness here in Cecil Tucky. Let me tell you. Wow. Well, <laughs> I agree. I've got a bone to pick with public but school we're, funding. We're going to get through it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As long as but you can pull that like, stuff. Fully funded by ourselves. So I mean. I don't know what more they could possibly take away from us. Isn't so, that kind of crazy awful. that that's like what band programs need nowadays, though, is they need like a whole entire band booster organization that's like fully oh, yeah, solvent yeah. on its yeah. own. We are just so fully that the high school and have a marching that's unbelievable. Band. It's crazy. Yep. Cindy, you got a bone to pick? Well, I don't know if it's a bone to pick and, and it really isn't until November, but I have a gripe. My gripe is, I don't know if y'all have ever been to Grand Nationals, but they have upped the number of bands to 118. And they already, if you guys have been, you're already starting Thursday morning and you're going till, I don't know, 11 o'clock Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Friday night. How are they going to fit eight more bands into this schedule? I mean, I just can't Midnight. I don't know how to do it. It's crazy because then you got to be back at six. Some of these poor kids are going to be having a call time at 2 or 3 a.m. And uh, they just don't even go to bed. I mean, just just keep on playing. You know, you can do this. And I just, I don't know how they're going to fit this in. And not only the kids, but the volunteers that are supposed to be on their feet. Right. All those hours. And they're not young. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm just, I'm kind of astonished really that they, I don't know if they plan to add a day, which I don't think there's no way they could add a Wednesday. It's already a full schedule, but, uh, I'm just kind of astonished that they think they can just add, let's just add eight more. And uh, yeah, no big deal. We got this. Y'all got this money, <laughs> money, money, money. I guess. I don't know. Somebody explain it to me. <laughs> But I mean, the flip side of it is, is that they are giving eight more groups the opportunity. I mean, I guess that's one way of looking at it. (laughs) So it's a good thing for the kids. Yeah. They could do the waiting list. (laughs) Oh, no. Not another waiting list. (laughs) (laughs) Dan, do you got something to gripe about? Well, this one might be a bit controversial. Oh, okay. In our amongst our staff, we uh, are very uh, ourselves. Uh, the use of electronics in marching band. Oh, mm. good stuff. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, if it's done well, great. But just because so and so did it doesn't mean you have to do it. And, you know, and mm-hmm. use it for its intended person purpose. Use it when it's great for your show. You know, if you got a smaller band and you need to mic them, all right. But that doesn't mean we need to bring out all the electronic instruments just to say, hey, look what we can do. Look what we got. Make it worthwhile. Make it make it enjoyable. Make it entertaining. You know, that's even amongst our own staff, we go back and forth on that one. Oh, you've but, really activated. I feel my blood pressure boiling. I'm like, yeah, you don't have to just do it because someone else did it. There's so many strong opinions on both sides of that argument. I, mean, I, I know it. you, you got uh, Western Carolina on this episode too, which is kind yeah. of interesting because uh, we, we had looked at some of their shows and like, wow, how are they doing that? How are they bringing all this stuff together? It's done so well. And then mm-hmm. you look and go, look at some other shows you go wow that did not need to happen 
<laughs> just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> so, that's where I'll leave it on that one. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel that way. I have plenty of choice opinions about some percussion independent world groups in WGI where yeah. I don't got to let all my dirty laundry out <laughs> today, but I don't think that they need to do what they do either. <laughs> oh boy what am i gonna what am i gonna gripe about i don't think you started i think you need to finish the point you were just making <laughs> it just piggyback on it why not yeah boy all right i hate mcm that's my problem one hour later <laughs> that's your like <laughs> okay shuffles papers let's begin <laughs> no now, I actually want to complain about uh, people. This one's near and dear to my heart because I'm a bass drummer. No other percussion people on the call, but bass drummers always feel like they don't need chops or they don't need to actually be good at drumming because they just want to play splits and just, you know, split. And they don't need to be able to actually do good drumming. I'm out here trying to change all that with my bass line at United. I've got them working till the down to the bone we're just <laughs> really really working hard <laughs> but it's something i come across all the time man i don't know if you guys would even be aware of this because you're not like uh drumline people necessarily but a lot of bass drummers out there just really they don't drum they just they just hang just out they're hanging in. out in the back <laughs> yeah they're no vibing it in they would tell you all the time <laughs> they're just in. back there vibing it in that's what they would they would tell you straight up Stop. <laughs> Stop and for, please be for me, just the bass, for me. The bass drums are the most important part of a drum line because if yes. they're not together, it does not it doesn't work. They can't jive if it they're not locked in. They can't jive if they are they gotta put the work in to, to make it musical. Yes. Yeah. Say it louder for the bass drummer in the back with no chops. He's just vibing in the back. <laughs> Don't kill his vibe. You're, you're ruining my vibe, man. <laughs> All right. It's time for the news. <laughs> First story here. Why don't uh Dan? I think this one's yours. Can you get us started? Sure. Uh, we got Jonesboro High School from Georgia. Uh, has the uh, I was currently working on that viral fame of performing Ooh. on a commercial for Apple Music. And so since they've Damn. been performing with Apple Apple Music, they uh, this band director says his phone's been lit up and the kids are loving it. They're watching more football because it's all during NFL games is when this ad is coming out. So Jonesboro <laughs> High School, awesome job. That's that so crazy. Awesome. How who do you need to know to line up getting your marching band on a Super Bowl ad? I don't know. How'd you do that? But it's awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. It looks good, I guess it sounds good, it's great. Yeah, looks good, sounds good, and I guess someone's got to do it. Like, if someone wants a marching band in a in an ad, someone's gonna be that marching band. So that's that's cool. That's luck, not luck. It's skill on someone's part, but it's pretty I don't cool. Know. I think that maybe the marching Ravens might ought to be in a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> oh, yeah. we'd love it. We'd love it. I I agree. I wish. I think that every band should have a full-size band, or every uh, NFL team should have a full-size band. I agree. 
but I'll get off my soapbox for now. <laughs> next story. Who's got our next one? I think that would be me. And it's another All story right. from Maryland. It's another cool story about high schooler. This is a young man from El Salvador who's only been in America a few years. And he decided he wanted to go to the University of Maryland because that would be close to home. Uh, he plays instruments. He plays um he plays what the drums and he learning to play the bass guitar. He plays piano. Obviously he's a talented young man, but when he found out he made it into the university of Maryland, he found out a very unusual way. The, some of the members of the university of Maryland band showed up at his front door and played some songs. And that was how they let him know he had made it into the university. So that was awesome. Really, really cool story. And the mascot was there. So (laughs) dang, they're rolling out the red carpet. Yeah. And they let him play some drums and he's pretty awesome. So nice. Maybe you should talk to him, Steve. Maybe I should. (laughs) He better not be a bass drummer. You better have chops. (laughs) Next story. I think this is Ashley, right? Yeah. So the new DCI CEO, I have no idea how to say his last name, Nate Boudreaux. Something maybe it's that. He had an interview with Dan Potter about like his first two months on the job and how it's going and and all of that. I think it's super interesting and I'm like so curious to see how it's gonna go seeing that he's not uh, a, like a drum corps person, a band person at all. Right. He's, he says he's has a really unique opportunity because he has an outside perspective and he's super successful, like in a business standpoint and like economically and, and all of that. So he said, it's going really well. Dan Atchison is helping him like through oh, the ropes wow. and, and all That's of that. Cool. He said in his interview, Dan had told Nate, you tell me how much or how little you want me around and how much help you want. So that's cool that he's like helping, <laughs> yeah. trying to help him, being like trying to not step on his toes and let him yeah. let him fly like a bird, spread his wings. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. We uh, we talk about this one a lot because it's obviously a really big deal and we cover news every week. I think it's it's cool because like the issue with band hasn't been banned. The shows have been great. The members have been mm-hmm. enjoying it. Mm-hmm. The shows get better every year. Band isn't the issue. It's like everything else. And I kind of think that the new CEO is a guy that brings practically nothing or nothing about band and right. brings everything else to the to the table potentially for the activity. So I'm at least very optimistic to see what he can do to make it more sustainable or uh, just shift it up. Maybe he's just got some good ideas and it makes everything more fun. Who knows? But it'll be cool to see as he gets beyond two months what he uh, can do for the activity. Trish, you got our next story? Yes. So the um, information for uh, this upcoming year's WGI Con, WGI Con 2024, has been announced. It will be held September 6th through 8th, and it will be held in San Francisco. Um, so early bird registration mm-hmm. is open now. 
if you wanted to get in on that early. Um, there is also an opportunity on the WGI website. If you go to WGI.org slash WGICon, there's an application if you'd like to apply for a scholarship to go to WGICon. So sounds like, you know, really good thing, you know, that if you always wanted to go and weren't able to do so for, you know, obvious reasons, there's an application you could fill out for possibly get a scholarship so you could attend. That would be really interesting. I always wonder what they get into out there. Because the only thing I really know right. WGICon for is like the rules meeting where right. they like debate the rules. Right. It's well, usually all a bunch they of directors. Have, there are some little recap videos on the website that you could watch. I believe that they have a lot of um, clinics on a bunch of different topics and okay. things That's like cool. that. So, yeah, yeah. Just probably. I think it'd be cool to go. Yeah, me too. Oh yeah, probably Let's some go. design. Probably some <laughs> yeah, design. Yeah, wait, Jeremy. Things. Hello. Okay, yeah. we're going. <laughs> New segment. Would like to apply for the on a water break scholarship. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> someday, someday we'll be running right. the board at WGICon. Hello. Cool. Yeah, anyone who's in that area should go check it out, or you know, make the trip, even if you're not in the area. Hey, why not? There's a scholarship that may help make it more achievable. Check it out. <laughs> Everyone else, thank you for a great rehearsal this week. Thanks to our hosts, Trish, Ashley, Cindy, and thank you, Dan, for coming on, telling us a bunch about uh, the Baltimore Ravens. This one has been definitely the most NFL-centric episode of On a Water Break that we've had. And I'm here for it. I am Me living too. for it, is exactly right. All the... <laughs> All the non-football band people that listen are going to have something coming this week. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was fun. Me. It was good. Yeah, thank you for coming on, man. And good luck so this go. weekend. Yes. Thank you. Good luck. Hope, good luck as you round in. out the season. You're. Yeah. I'm not even just saying this. You're genuinely who I'm rooting for. So please <laughs> keep it going. <laughs> But uh, everybody go subscribe, write us a review, and share this with a friend. You can follow us on social media at On A Water Break. And we will see you at the next rehearsal on A Water Break. Go practice. The On A Water Break podcast was produced by Jeremy Williams and Christine Reem. The intro and outro music was produced by Josh Lida. To learn more, visit lidamusic.com. And until next time, thanks for tuning in.